Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. This is the tale of a phenomenon that has disappeared from our lives. The cattle drive. The great migration of Texas herds north to Colorado and Wyoming. And the stockyards that fed the railroads who brought the meat east to feed the bulk of our population. The drum of 12,000 hooves will mark a trail through the open wilderness as smooth and hard as a concrete highway. Our story is dedicated to the tough men we know as cowboys. Our mystery drama, Stampede, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Chris Tabori and Fred Gwynn. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and Carrier Air Conditioning. I'll be back shortly with Act One. By 1865, the armies were dispersing. The men were winding their way home, tired, dispirited, and shattered at killing their brothers. The Union soldier may have had some uplift in the belief that his side was victorious, if in a bloody family conflict there can be any victors. But for the men of the Confederate armies, the return home was a long, weary road, with no hope left and very little joy. So Ned Parsons, volunteered at 17 and not yet 21, found his return to the Texas farm he had left with his father some four years ago. Who is it? I ain't surprised you wouldn't remember me. You forgot my father soon enough, I hear. Ned? Ned, is that you? I reckon I can't say no. Ned! Ned, boy! Oh, we've been searching how to find you out and no news. Some was ready to give you up for dead like my Harry, but I never did. Daddy's dead enough. But I guess you could say I'm still alive. Oh, Ned boy. What's the matter with you? Oh, you look so fine, just so good to me. Oh, bit thin, maybe, but we'll soon put some fat on you now you're home. I ain't home, Mother. But the war's over. A lot of things are over. What is it, son? You, you look so bleak. Ain't you glad to be home? All the long way, I thought how good it'd be to see you and Sammy and Jenny and Sue... I thought about how Daddy was gone. But I figure I'd done a heap of growing up these past years, and I was most about ready to take his place. Till I got to town and found that somebody else had already taken over you, my sisters and brothers, my dad's place, and my whole family. Oh, Ned, you gotta understand. You can't ask anyone who lived through Vicksburg or any campaign to accept some copper John who moves in while the rest of us was bleeding like Dad, dying for a cause. Stop it! Stop it! What good did this war do but split us all, a whole country apart? What sense did it make? I lost your father. I thought I'd lost you. I I don't fault you for answering the colors, but fighting isn't the only way that makes a man. Give yourself a chance to meet Jim and... No, sir. No, sir. Not anyway. But now you're home. I'm home. Just long enough to pick up old Baldy. I reckon he's still my horse. My daddy gave him to me. Of course he's your horse, Ned, but... This is also your home and the rest of the family. No, I'm sorry, Mom. I just don't have the stuff. Now, you listen to me, Nate Parsons. I got a right to say my piece. I got five young'uns beside you, and for four long years I tried to hold this farm together. 
With your father dead and the four other young'uns sick, I had to have a man to keep it going. Well, you could have hired one. What would I have paid him with? You made your choice. Now, I'm making mine. I ain't here to argue, just to haul on out. Hold in the crowd. Yeah, but... Well, I gotta return this horse I borrowed. I'll just saddle up old Baldy and leave the other back to town. Then what are you gonna do? I hear tell Mr. Brenner's taking a big cattle drive north. I figured to sign on with him. If he'll have me. Well, that means you'll be gone over six months. Then what? I don't rightly know. Maybe I'm wrong to be bitter, but it's the way I feel. I don't ever expect to find my way home again. Hey, hey, there she's branded. There she's branded now. Can I let her go, Mr. Brenner? Yep, it's sharp and clean. Yep, circle C. Okay, let her up. We're on our way. Only 2,999 to go. We got to work. Mike, you break out some coffee and keep that fire going. There'll be more cooking there than Brandon and I. We'll be in jail, Renner. Do you want some prairie oysters when we got them to cook? Well, I wouldn't turn one down. Okay, boys, let's keep moving. We got a date up Cheyenne way before that trail gets too hot for a man to want to follow. Hey, Pecos, who you got over there? Young fella just rode in looking to shine on for the drive. Name of Ned. Ned Parsons, Mr. Brenner. Yeah. Do I know you? You might not remember me. I growed some since I seen you. I reckon you wouldn't forget my father, though. <laughs> Will Parsons, by damn. You Will Parsons, son? Yes, sir. I ain't seen Will since he took off to war. Oh, say, I... Uh, didn't I hear... Yes, sir. My daddy was killed at Chickamauga. Oh, yeah. See, I'm mighty sorry to hear that, son. He was, uh, he was a fine man. Yes, sir, he was. All of that. You wouldn't think anyone could forget that. Uh, no, I wouldn't, Pecos. Huh? Uh, you say something about Ned here wanting to sign up for the drive? Yeah, that's what he told me. I was hoping that you could use an extra hand, sir. Well, if I did, I don't think it ought to be you, son. Oh, now, if you was thinking of me as too young, I'd just like to say I'm home from near three years of soldiering. My daddy died in my arms at Chickamauga. Well, man grows up fast in the war. What I was figuring was I got no right to take a man like you away from a woman who must need you sight more than either the army or me ever could. You mean my my mother? Yeah. Don't you think your first duty ought to be to her? No, sir. My ma don't need me. Ma, my daddy was out dying for his country. She found some old copper john to sneak in and take my dad's place. Now, boy, I'm going to warn you. I won't listen to one slide against Martha. Well, I ain't slighting her. Now, She's married decent enough for sure. All I'm doing is faulting her. And that's the last I'm saying, except, well, she don't need me. Could you find a place for me? Well, it's a long haul to a far country. That's what I'm looking for. It's almighty lonely. And all work. That suits me fine. Coming out of the war between the states, you ought to have time to, you know, maybe see some gals. <laughs> Let down a bit. I got some long thinking to do, sir. And women don't set right good with me at the moment. Uh, we could use them, Mr. Brenner. Well, yeah, that's just what we're going to do. We'll start them off on left drag. You'll be eating dust all the way north. But once we get moving, I'll rotate. Uh, now, make sure he's got a good gun in bedroll. Now, all we're waiting on is finishing the branding. And we're ready to roll. 
I am glad that branding is over and done with. I am dog tired and hog weary. <laughs> How's that burn of yours, Ned? Oh, it'll heal fine, Pickles. Rather have it on my arm than across my face. Yeah, I swear that was no accident the way the reed come around with that branding iron. I wonder. Ah, he's a mean cuss, Ned boy. Now you watch Snake the Reed. He's worse than a rattler they named him after. Cause he don't sound no warning. You think he burned me on purpose? Well, I didn't see what happened, but I wouldn't put it past him. Now, you two run foul of each other some way. When we were choosing ponies in the Remuda, there was a pinta he wanted, and it was my turn to pick. He took it amiss that I wouldn't give him that pony. Well, why should you? Mr. Burner give orders, and anyway, it was your turn. Well, sure enough, the way I felt. Yeah, you was in the right. Mr. Brenner is a trail boss, not Snake Devine. I don't understand why I'd hire a man like him. Because, son, he's the best point man this side of the Pecos. Now, he may be ugly and hungry, but someday when them dumb loco cows take it into their minds to stampede, you might just be glad to have someone tougher Snake to turn them back. Now, I seen him ride into a herd and face him up eyeball, eyeball with a lead steer and drop him with a shot through the skull that stopped them cattle before they tore up half the territory. <laughs> Boy, that takes guts. All right. He's got guts. That don't mean I have to like him. Yeah. Don't go looking for quarrels unless they're forced on you, Ned. The drive is a long time, and a man's got to keep a level head. Ready to move out, so I thought it cut me out of workhorse. Yeah. How's that burn? Oh, it'll do. Well, I brought you some grease from a chuck wagon. Now, you spread that on and keep your arm open to the air. Figures to feel better. Thank you. That's right nice of you, Mr. Brenner. Better saddle up, Ned. Snake's fixing to do just that. What are you, sonny boy? Doctor, soldier, horse thief, all rolled up into one? Hmm? Why don't you back off, Snake? I don't want no trouble. Well, now, is that a fact? Appears to me like you've been kind of spoiling for it ever since we met up. What pony are you riding now? I reckon I'll take the pinna. Well, you want to look out for him, Greenhorn. He don't like the sense. I can handle my own horse. Wise up, Tenderfoot. Let a man who knows horses handle him. Now, I told you, you should have let me pick a patchy there. Now, why are we face to it and make a deal, huh? You let me have him in my strength. No. Now, we don't want to start out on the drive with bad feelings, do we? Hmm? As far as I'm concerned, we already have. Well, what's that? Oh, that's Cookie's Bell. But this time it isn't for us to eat. We're ready to pull out. things I want to say. You're all cowboys. <laughs> and to me, that means hands of ten cows. Nothing else. You got no whiskey? Better drink it now. It's the last you'll have for months. Now, I find any man on the trail drinking, he gets paid off right there and turned loose with his own horse and one other. We got eight spots to control the herd. The points will be Duvine and Dago Red. They got the most experience. The other sticks are the two flanks, points, and drags who are going to eat a lot of dust. So they'll rotate. 
morning and afternoon clockwise. Now, keep your guns and your belts, even in stampedes. And a hat or a bandana wave is just as effective. And remember one thing. It's a long trip. you got to depend on the man next to you, or behind you, or ahead. Maybe you got to swallow something your gut don't want to take here and there. It's a long trail. Just face on up to it. The chuck wagon and the remuda are already rolling. So here we go. Straighten up, boys. It's a vanished tradition, of course, but in the days when it existed, the cattle drive was of enormous importance to the economy of our country. And the men who contributed to it were the pioneers of the 19th century. They had one advantage over our pioneers of the 20th. They were concerned in construction. So much of this century is centered on destruction. I will return shortly with Act Two. The first three or four days of a cattle drive are of special importance. The instinct of every separate steer or cow is to want to return from where it came. The thing to do is to keep the cattle content, to let nothing frighten them from outside, to assure them they are safe. Out of this grew a thousand cowboy songs. A soft, soothing singing to the cattle lying down at dusk is what developed a whole literature of Western music. And the cowboy who loved you so true. Everything quiet, Ned. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Good. You keep that. You move out at least 50 yards if you even want to spit. Anything a coyote howl, sneeze, spurs jangling could bring them critters to their feet and start them heading off for home. Yeah, 3,000 of them. Once they get set, they're mighty hard to stop. I know it, sir. Well, I'll see you. Uh, yes, sir. This valley, they say you are leaving. I shall miss your bright face and long smile. Come down, nobody! Coffee out all around, Mike. Then put the pot back in the wagon, huh? Si, Senor Grana. 
But listen, now don't none of you get any idea this here is any party. It's more in the nature of a court. Now, we're just lucky we headed off that route, but it cost us five heads. Two we had to shoot, three got trampled. And on top of that, we're going to lose a full day while the cattle rest up. And the hands. Now, I want to know how come there was all that clatter of pots. Well, ask Mike. Came from his wagon. Sure, but you'll make it. Do we? How? He was looking for my whiskey. There's a bare-faced lie. Mike, you got whiskey in your wagon? Sure. Always I got it. Spite of what I said before we moved out. It's not for drinking. It's for, what you say, medicine if someone is hurt. <laughs> Will you listen to that? Senor Brenner, <laughs> you guys smell my breath. And why I, if I go for my whiskey when I know where it is, I am so clumsy, knock down my own pots and pans? Well, what do you got to say to that, Duveen? Well, you going to take the word of a white man over some lousy mechs? I wasn't near the wagon. Uh, Ned, you were closest. What do you think? Well, it was dark, Mr. Brenner. I only heard the noise. I didn't see who caused it. But, but what, son? Well, when Snake Duveen here rode up, he come from the direction of the chuck wagon. I put my money on Mike's word against his. Why, you lily-livered hag. You can stop right like there, Duveen. I know if it hadn't been for you last night, we'd have never got them cattle there stopped. And we sure as hell can't head for Cheyenne without a cook. So let's write this one off, huh? Except for one thing. You're coming with me right now, Mike. And get that whiskey and empty it out on the ground. That way, no one's going to be tempted in any more accidents. Now, come on. See, si, Senor Brenner. I'm going to tell you something there, soldier boy. What's that? I ain't got no forgiving nature like Mr. Brenner there. You got a big mouth. It's a long trail, and I got a long memory. So next time I burn you, it won't be with no branding iron. It'll be just plain hot lead. Man, you're a sight for anyone. What's news? I ain't seen hiding a hair of you for two weeks. Yeah, well, that's right. Ever since we reached Colorado Territory, he has a drive. Ah, uh, it's settled down. Moving along. More than halfway there. Cattle look pretty good. Intolerable. They could use some water. Been a long dry spell the last 60 miles. You're going to tell me there's none up ahead? Huh? No water you got. Now, no. you can fetch that by tomorrow. Well, the herd's restless. They can smell it. Uh, which pass do I take? Well, now, these two rocks you can just see sticking up ahead there now. Call them the twin owls. Now, the draw to the right looks real dandy. Only trouble is, it ends in a bluff and drops away five to six hundred feet. It's a dead end. Uh, that's a mighty fine name for it. And, uh, and the other pass? Mm, yes, it's crawling with Comanches. Well, that's what held me up getting back to you. And now there's some settlements in there, and, well, God help the folks in them. Just scattered farms. Is that a full war party? Oh, yes, sir. Headed our way? Well, I'm afraid so, and not far off my tail. Now, I'd get set up for an attack at sundown.
Tanner sent me back to see what you wanted, Pecos. What is it? It's uh, something I, I don't rightly know how to handle, boy. How's Mike? Well, his shoulder's pretty bad. Can't get the arrowhead out. Oh, them engines. You know, the reason they had no heart for battle and took off once we turned the herd is right back up the hill there. Settler's farmhouse burned. All the outbuildings. Yeah, and the settler himself, dead and scalped. Just his young wife left alive behind. He finished it all off. Beat farmer. Stampede went straight across his fields. What the engine left behind, we wiped out. Except that girl. She's the only one left alive? Yeah, she real shook up. You know, maybe you could get her to talk, being more of her age. Ma'am? Yes? I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Ned Parsons. My name is Ellie Tate. I, I'm, I mean, Ellie Gottschalk. Those those savages, they, they, they killed my husband. Well, not more savage than us. Our cattle sure killed off your beet crop. You look like you could use something to eat, ma'am. Or at least some coffee. I should be asking you in for that, but, but there's nothing left. Now, now, don't you worry about it, none, ma'am. We'll help somehow. Oh, here comes our trail boss now. Mr. Brenner, Mr. Brenner, this here is Mrs. Ellie Gottschalk. Uh, just to make you irritate, I guess the Gottschalk part doesn't signify anymore. I do, ma'am. I'm uh, sincerely sorry for the damage our herd has done and for, uh, well, for everything else you've gone through. I thank you kindly. Uh, how did you escape? Well, I was by the barn when the engines came. They uh, killed my... My husband right off, and then they had torches. They were sitting to everything. While they were driving off the animals and the horses, I got away to the river and hid under a ledge where I do my washing. Oh, I see. Uh, what do you figure you do now, Mrs. Uh, 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 Mrs. Tate? Oh, well, we could make it early. First off, I got to bury my husband. Oh, now, we're going to take care of that, ma'am. Oh, you're right, kind. And then I... I, I, I have a sister in Denver. Uh, if I could get there somehow. They're catching this. I have her, sir. Oh, she's just wore out and, and starved. Can't we take her with us, sir? Well, we owe her something for that crop of steers flattened. And, uh, well, besides... Yes, sir? Well, with Mike hurt, he's going <laughs> to need some help with the cooking. So... Time we hence got chalked to peace and eternal rest into the care and mercy of our Lord God. Amen. 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 We'll leave you alone, make your goodbyes, ma'am. If you'll just give me a, a minute. Sure, ma'am. Come on, boys. Hey, you know, I ain't so sure this is such a good idea, Mr. Brenner. Why not pay coops? Well, I don't know. It's a hunch. Superstition, maybe. Cattle drive is some like ship. And you know how sailors believe a woman brings bad luck. Well, the way I see it, she could be more of a help than a hindrance. <laughs> the way I see it, too. That's underfoot. Name is Ned Parsons, Devine. Oh, a little riled up, huh? Maybe you're looking forward like me to having a little gal around. Hmm? Especially now, 
when the night seemed so much longer after so many weeks on the trail and with the spring coming on, a man kind of hankers after a woman, huh? She's a widow lady, and you stay away from her. Why? You stayed out of claim already? Oh, now, you know that's not what I mean. Now, you keep your nose clean, sonny boy, and just stay out of my way. You let a man handle this. Takes a whole lot more than you to hold me back. Strangely prophetic words from Snake Duveen's lips, if he only knew it. For a lot more than he bargains for, stands in Duveen's way to Ellie. And when Ned and he finally tangle, the same strange force will stand allied with Ned. I shall return shortly with Act Three. During the first week on the drive, Ellie Tate moved like a woman in a daze, in another world, as indeed she was. But as the bitter memories faded a little and she started to eat again, she became alive once more particularly since with Mike's open festering arrow wound, there was more and more need for her to cook the food for the hands. Now at the end of the day, with the evening meal over and the night riders out, Ellie threads her way past the campfire through the shadows of a small clump of aspen just coming in leaf. Well, now what did I do, scare you, Miss Ellie? You sure did. Hiding out like that. Well, I wouldn't hide well, maybe just kind of staked out, waiting to get you by yourself one. You better take your hands off me or I'll scream. Now, come on. You ain't no little girl. You grown one. A married one. At least I was. And don't tell me you ain't glad to be out of it. Now, I saw him. Fat old man ain't old enough to be your father. Don't you <laughs> talk about hands that way, you filthy animal. Ouch! Oh, you stuck me. You're lucky it was only in the hand. All right, Miss Fancy. I'll remember that. And so will you next time. There won't be a next time. You like to make any odds on that? Everything all right, Miss Tate? Uh, I, 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 I was looking for Mr. Brenner. You spoiling the trouble, Parsons? Not right at the moment. Mr. Brenner is right behind me. Brother, one of these days, I'm coming looking for you, boy. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring trouble. Well, I reckon you can't help it, just being a woman and all. Well, I'm sorry. I was trying to thank you. I, I reckon I'm sorry, too. I, I was just... Well, I mean, you got to understand that... That boy, I just wanted to... Oh, why, hello, Miss Dayton. I sure hope I ain't butting in on it. Oh, of course not. I was looking to tell you something. It's about Miss I.L. Who? He's running a... Miss Al Lugos to cook? Oh, you mean Mike. Yeah, he's, he's running a high fever. The, the wound is very bad. Someone has to take out that arrowhead or, or amputate the arm. Otherwise, he'll die of blood poisoning. Uh, well, ma'am, I don't rightly know. I wouldn't have the first idea how if uh, Pecos were here, but you see, he's off scouting, and I don't know who else. Well, if it has to come out, I think maybe I could do it. <clears throat> Water and clothes? Yes, fine. Nice red hot yet? Just about. Hand me that bridle strap. Oh, here, Mr. Parsons. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Gotschalk. 
Okay, Miss Ale. You bite hard on that leather. I have strong teeth. Good. Then we'll double it. Okay, Mr. Gottschalk. Mr. Brenner, hold him while I get the knife. You should get some sleep. Oh, I can't sleep after that. You you were magnificent. I only did what had to be done. You were still magnificent. Oh, I'm embarrassing you. No, ma'am. Well, then what? You, You don't like me? Oh, you don't like women. I didn't say that. You don't have to. You're polite and and you'd protect us, but you don't like us. I've known that since we first met. I don't like women who forget the marriage vows. But you... Uh, Oh, no. You can't seriously think I was being a coquette. When nothing was further Well... I assure you, I cannot in any way forget my marriage vows for a moment. Oh, forgive me if I... Oh, I I don't know what I thought. Or meant. Or think. Uh, uh, we're pretty far from camp. I better walk you back. I can find my own way back. Oh, yeah, yeah, but... I'd prefer it if you'd leave me alone. All right. Uh, Maybe it's better for both of us if I do. what you get for playing around with boys, Miss Tate. I told you before the name is Mrs. Gottschalk, Duveen. Oh, hell, I can't handle them for her names. But come to handling a woman. Now, I warned you before. <laughs> I'd swing my head off. This far out? <laughs> you could be a screech owl, a coyote, a coney caught by an eagle. Besides, you ain't gonna make a sound. Not before or after I'm through with you. I'm warning you, if you touch me, you're playing with death. <laughs> you think you can scare me? Nine, but perhaps I can. Oh, who the hell are you? My name is Hans Gottschalk, or was. You will take your hands off my wife. But you, I'm seeing things. You're dead. You've been scalped by the engines. Ah. As you can see, I have no scalp, and I am dead. But I cannot rest in the grave, because I promised the little one. Then I will not rest till she is safe. You will go now, and never come near her again. Near her again. Holy, holy snakes. Did you you see what I... I warned you to leave me alone. I'm haunted. Do you want to be, too? Uh, No, Mrs. Gottschalk. You you, you don't have to worry none about me. From here in, I I wouldn't touch you with a ten-foot pole. So, you think we got no problems up ahead, Pecos? No, sir. Now, you should roll right into Cheyenne about 10, 12 days from now. Fine. I reckon we're near breast of Denver by now. I can send Miss Gottschalk on in there tomorrow. Well, Mike, back to his shelf again? It appears to be. He's mended over fine the last month. He looks good. More than I can say for little Miss Ellie. She looks kind of peaked to me. That snake giving her any trouble? No, no. For some reason, Duveen avoids her like the plague. 
She, she put the fear of God in him somehow. <laughs> well, that takes a heap of doing. Sure enough. Yeah, she's a lot of woman. You know, I always had a notion that her and Ned... Uh... Yeah. yeah, I think they both had more than a notion. I think they're both eating their hearts out for each other. Then why in tarnation don't they get together? I like that, boy. Yeah. I love him like he was my own son. And we owe the woman something after what we did to what was left of the farm when the cattle stampeded over it. Now, that's a fact. Uh, let's see. All right. You talk to the boy, and I'll take the girl. Mr. Brenner, I know you mean to be kind, but... Please, just let it be. Now, look, it's only because I feel you're fond of the boy. I love him. I, I, I admire him. I don't expect ever to meet anyone like him for me. There. Will that satisfy you? No. Now, why do you want to pick up your skirts and run from them, Mrs. Gottschalk? Because that's who I am. You were. Wilt thou love him, comfort him, and honor and keep him in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, keep thee unto him. So long as ye both shall live. He didn't seek his death. You've got to understand, Mr. Brenner. M- my father was killed in the war. My mother died. I was alone. No money, nowhere to go. Hans came to me. He-, he was older, much older, but kind and gentle and... And lonely. So I went with him gladly. Only for his sake, I had to tell a lie. I said I loved him. I, I, I couldn't. Not, not that way. One lie is enough. I won't live another. At least I can honor his memory. <laughs> Just no use, Pecos. It just ate in the car. Now, come on, boy. Just listen to reason. This ain't a thing that has to do with reason. It comes from the gut. If I was to make any move towards Ellie, I'd be putting myself in the same class as that copper John my ma betrayed my father with. And nothing you can say will change my mind. Nothing on earth. Now, leave me alone, Pecos. Any idea, Ellie and me is... If I said so... No. Why else would you come to haunt me? Listen a moment. I was an old man, and I was lonely since the death of my first wife so many years ago. I was lonely. We were without children. And then, one day, I went to town to buy supplies, and I saw this pale, pinched... Half-star child woman. I could not take her home with me as a servant. First, because I did not wish her to be read. And second, because you know the name she would have been given. Like my mother. Not like your mother. She had children to protect. Your mother had to do what she did. And no doubt, 
he is a good man, she found, willing to take on such responsibilities. I hope to find in you so good a man. I don't understand. Throw away your prejudices, your old values. It is a new and awakening world. I beg you, since you love her, to marry Ellie and be happy ever afterwards, as much as the good Lord allows you to be. My time is come, and I can rest. It is up to you how well I may. Excuse me, Mr. Brenner, sir. What is it, Ned? I was just figuring to myself. If they goes back, you could easy drop an extra hand like me for the last week. Could you consider paying me off? Why? Where are you headed? Well, you see, uh, Ellie and me here... Mr. Brenner, the only lie I ever told in my life was that I have a sister in Denver. I I just said that so maybe you'd bring me on north. Well, right glad I did. But uh, what are you going to do in Denver, a lone woman? I don't figure to be. Now, that's why I want to get paid off, sir. I got a big notion, Mr. Brenner. You know the last weeks how we've seen what good grazing land this is for cattle? Yeah, yeah. Colorado sorghum. Can't be beat. Here's my idea. You leave me one good bull and some cows, uh, pay me off, and I'll find me for some land. By the time you go south again and come back with your next drive, we'll have the beginnings of a herd right here. Uh, you did say Ellie and you. Oh, yes, sir. Well, that's part of the thinking and uh, part of... Um, I, w- I wouldn't know what to call it. Did you, honey? best way I know how to say it is the best marriages are made in heaven. <laughs> You're going to be married as soon as we hit Denver. Only one thing, Mr. Brenner. Yeah. You uh, heading back for Texas after this drive? Yes, son. By rail to St. Joe and... Then south on the river, fast the boat can carry me. Would you take a message from me? Sure enough. Could you just look up my ma and say, I was wrong and I understand. I'm like the country. I'm just learning to grow up. Again, I leave all of you who follow our stories to decide. Was there the ghost of a kindly and simple man who met a terrible death, restless in the grave until he saw justice come to his young wife? Or, as Mr. Shakespeare's Hamlet said, are these things all in the mind? Are decisions arrived at in moments of crisis natural or supernatural? I'll be back shortly. Our cast included Chris Tabori, Fred Gwynn, Catherine Byers, Gilbert Mack, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams...